Hi, everyone. Welcome to our third uh, School Psych podcast. We're really excited tonight. Um, my name is Rachel. Um, we're going to be talking about apps tonight. That's kind of on the agenda. We've got two uh, different creators of apps or programs that are school psychology related that we're going to be talking about. Um, I want to remind everyone how to participate. We've got a couple uh, methods lined up. You can do that through um, the Google the Google Plus uh, Hangout. You can use the Q&A feature. You can use Twitter through uh, hashtag uh, school psych podcast. Right? Oh, what, what is our hashtag? Psyched <laughs> podcast. <laughs> awesome. Um, and also through the Facebook page. So as you guys um, comment in, we'll read out some comments and read out who's kind of commenting. Um, and we also wanted to get you guys started with if you have any apps or any programs that you do use, and we'll remind you this um, again as we go on, please comment and, and share those apps with us so we can kind of get a discussion of what everybody's using or not using. I myself uh, tend to not use a whole lot of technology, so I'm really curious to um, hear some of what's going to be said tonight. Um, so before I turn it over to Anna and Rebecca to do kind of their little introductions, I do want to make a correction from last time. I think that last time I introduced myself as a school psychologist, and although I worked as a school psychologist for the last five years in North Carolina, and I'm licensed as such, in Texas, um, we use the term licensed specialist in school psychology. So technically, and I don't want the psych board after me, <laughs> technically I'm a licensed specialist in school psychology trainee because it's my first year in Texas. So I didn't want to misrepresent anything there get myself in trouble, but it was just out of habit in five years of being a school psychologist, technically licensed specialist school psychology. So, little correction, but um, Rebecca, <laughs> hey. Hi. So, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I am a school psychologist in Connecticut, an early career school psychologist. It's my second year on the job, and I'm excited to talk about apps because I have been dabbling in both of these um, programs just a little bit. I'm starting to get to know them, and I've found um, some helpful features in, in both. So, I can't wait to talk to these guys. Anna? Hi, I'm Anna. I'm a school psychologist. I work in New York State. And I work in special education, both these settings. So I work with students with um, significant disabilities, developmental disabilities, and things like that. So I'm very excited tonight <laughs> to um, introduce a couple of people. <laughs> um, from Behavior Snap, we have Lindsay and Sasha joining us tonight. Oh. And, um, and they're going to tell us a little bit about their application and the applications the application has. <laughs> Very cool. I'm going to try and bring them in, and hopefully we're not going to have too many technical difficulties, but um, hey, guys. You have to unmute yourself if you haven't done. Can you hear us? Hi. We're here. Can you hear us? Yep. Lindsay, okay. tell us a little bit about yourselves, please. Sure. I'm Sasha Middleman. I'm a school psychologist. I work in the Boulder Valley School District in Colorado. I work at two high schools and a middle school. And I'm co-creator of the Behavior Snap iPad app. And I'm Lindsay Gunn. I'm also a licensed school psychologist, but I'm on my fifth year of maternity leave, if we can even call it that anymore. Um, looking at going back next year, I'm primarily elementary level. That's my comfort zone. Um, and we met because she was my practicum student about eight years, eight years ago. ago. Um, so I've been a school psychologist since 2001. And I'm really looking forward to going back and 
we came up with um, Behavior Snap Together. So we're linked forever. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. Um, so do you guys want to tell us, give us kind of an overview of your application um, and what it does? Sure, sure. Um, so Behavior Snap is an iPad app for conducting behavior observations. And we have four different tools. We tried to get our screen mirroring to work so that you guys could just follow along with us. But what I think we're going to have to do is just hold up our iPad. <laughs> so I apologize for what this is going to look like. But let's see if we can. I wanted to try and get this to be. What can you guys see? Does that look? Yeah, you can see kind of the yeah, <laughs> How's that? Yep, that's pretty good. OK. So the, we have four different types of observations that we've included. We have an interval, which is something like a, a time on task, a frequency when you're counting behaviors, a duration when you are timing behaviors, and then an ABC when you're looking for the function of behavior. Um, so those are the four different types of ways that you can gather data. Once you do your observations, you can ask it to graph your data relatively easily. And then you'll get um, a bar graph or a line graph or a pie chart just to show um, how often the behaviors happened or behavior trends over time. Um, I'm not sure if you want me to go through how each of them works at this moment or um, if you want me to hold off on that. It's up to you guys. So interval is really the reason that we kind of made this app in the first place. And we, we're doing this most often in the schools. And basically, Sasha got an iPad about four years ago. About four years ago, I got an iPad. And I, um, and my, and I got it as a gift. And I was like, I know I'm going to use this for behavior observations. And at the time, there, wasn't really, there weren't any tools out there for doing behavior observations. So I called Lindsay, and I was like, can you believe that there isn't an app for, for doing behavior observations? We should make one. But I wasn't serious. <laughs> um, I wasn't serious. I didn't really think that we would follow through with it, but Lindsay got right to work with the research, figuring out the steps involved with um, with creating an app, and so we we just kept moving forward until the app was ready for market. Yeah. So um, that's how we all how we got started, and it was we were definitely naive when we got into it. We kind of thought that it was we were just going to put a button here and a timer there, and it would be really simple. Um, but to answer, I know that some people have been wondering if we wrote the code on our own, and no, not even close. Um, we hired a company here in Boulder, Colorado, and um, so they have to do all of the coding for us. Anytime there's a new operating system or anytime there's a new device that comes out, we get to um, have some more development that, that needs to be done. Um, we do, however, when we first started, we helped write all of the specifications, which is a very technical process and was a big learning curve for us. Um, and then we, you know, once the first beta version came out, we were doing pretty much all of the testing. And before the very first version of the app came out, we ran through, I think it was 63 different beta versions. So there's a lot of, um, you know, testing and, and specification writing that, that we're involved with, but we don't do the code writing. So that answers that question there. Um, but I'll get back to showing you actually how the app works. Um, for interval, oops, lost. <laughs> okay, is that looking clear? It's sort of hard for me to see what you guys can see. Yeah, there's a little okay. bit of a glare, but it's pretty clear. Okay, 
Um, I wonder how we can turn that up there. Is that better? That is better. Is that better? Yeah, that is better. We may have lost a speaker here. Here, can one of you say something? Can you hear us? Yeah, we are hearing. Oops. Well, technical difficulty. Oh, okay. okay. Hold on one second. Small technical difficulty. Okay. While, while they're... Okay. While now can we hear you? You can hear us? Oh. Not yet. While they're working on that, I just want to say this is the... Um, okay. I think that we should be able to hear you guys now. This is the program that I have tried at work, the interval um, observation. And... Okay. Can you hear us? Yes. So sorry that we lost you for a second. What were you saying? I, I was saying this is actually the um, the interval observation is the one that I've tried at work. So um, okay. Yeah. So it was pretty easy to as like a, the first to figure out as a first timer. But go right. ahead and yeah. Because of the, an intuitive user interface is pretty important to us. So it's nice to hear that you found it easy to navigate the first time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We wanted to make it user-friendly for anybody who wants to use it in a school setting. So to set up your observation, basically, basically you just choose the number of minutes that you want to observe the child, and then you choose uh, how long you'd like your interval intervals to be. I'm just going to do the shortest for demonstration's sake. Um, on this one, you can choose whether or not you'd like to have um, peer data for comparison and how often you would like to observe that student. So we'll just say every other interval on that one. And then um, this is a recent addition. We have um, added people wanted a audible alert at the end of each interval if they're wearing headphones that, so that they know that it's time to code. So you can put that on. Sorry, it's hard to do upside down. On or off. Um, and then once you've set up your observation, you hit done. And this is your observation screen. So to get started, you just push this button here, and your interval will track across the or your time will track across the top of the interval. Uh, on the fly, you can add your teacher, you can add which student you're watching, you can add which setting you're in, and even your activity. Very cool. Yeah. Um, oh, how did that happen? <laughs> sorry, this just went to sleep on me. So anyway, uh, once you get that all set up, let me just get this set up again real quickly. When your time is up for your interval, the, the timer actually pauses and waits for you, which is something that we thought was important. It was a conscious decision on our part so that people had time to really look at the behavior, evaluate what's going on, and um, determine how to code it rather than um, having continuous intervals where you might get a bunch of intervals backed up waiting for you. So um, if they are discontinuous intervals, not continuous. Right. So you'll press this button here when it's time to code the behavior. Decide whether the student's on task or off task. And then you'll get some categories of behavior. You can choose which category fits the behavior most readily. And then you can choose the specific behavior. So we can say, Okay, this student is wandering the room, um, but he is still engaged. You can put that down here, and you can also code whether or not this behavior is disruptive or whether it's not disruptive. 
And then we've also added a new feature where you can code um, teacher interaction. So we can say, okay, the student's wandering the room, but he's still engaged, he's not being disruptive, and the student or the teacher noticed that the student was taking a motor break, so she gave them a little bit of positive feedback. So all of that can be coded for that one behavior. Then you hit the done button, and the next interval begins. Every um, everything that you code gets put down here in the notes section. So you have a nice little record of what happened without having to do anything but push some buttons. But of course you can also hit add notes at any time and you can put in your anecdotal observations. So that's how you conduct the observation. Um, are there any questions about that before I show the output? You know, yeah. I, I do have a question on, on Facebook. So um, it's not exactly about that, but I thought I'd throw it out because I was going okay. to type it and it would have taken me a long time. But um, one of our friends would like to know, um, how, do you how do you maintain student confidenti confidentiality with this app? It has been um, brought up by my supervisor as a concern with apps in general. Sure. Well, um, you have the option to use a passcode for the app itself. And so that way you could keep anyone from getting into the app accidentally, especially if you share your iPad, if you use your iPad with students or, with, or if it's your personal device. Also, um, when you set up the students, the students um, file within the app, you have the option to use just uh, just their initials or just first name and, a, and the second initial, or even just their student number. So you can include as much information or as little um, as you feel comfortable with and as appropriate to um, your situation. Because uh, yeah, because I have an iPad that I use only at work that's kept in a locked drawer. I handle that one differently than when I use my personal device for things. Well, I, that's what I did. I used initials. Yeah. yeah. And just so you know, the students that I'm showing you here are my children. They're not actually yeah. students <laughs> in the school. <laughs> um, so would you like to see uh, the graph that you will get out of this? Okay. Yeah. So I will move it back down to here. Um, when you're finished, I'm just going to cancel out of this one. Um, but when you're finished, you ask it to graph your data and you get something like this. You get a nice little summary page showing when, you, when the observation took place, who the teacher was, what the setting was, things like that. And then you get a screen like this that shows the percentage of intervals that were on task versus off task. And then down here, I'm not sure how easily you can read this. It has a breakdown of different, all of the different on task behaviors that were seen and off task behaviors with a percentage of how frequently they occurred next to them. It also tells you about how often the student was disruptive and how often the student was still engaged. You can then compare this to the same data for the typical peer. So that's a powerful comparison for lots of people, teachers and uh, parents particularly. And then down here, we've even broken down the on-task behavior. So when the student was successful, what was it that they were doing? and the off-task behaviors. When they were not successful, what was tripping them up? And again, here it has the different statistics on um, how often the different behaviors were happening, but also tracking that teacher-student interaction. So that's some very useful information. And then at the bottom, your notes can be on your report, or if you don't want your raw notes going out to anyone other than yourself, you can leave your notes off of your report so you don't have to have them on there. 
All of this is in PDF format, so you can just hit this button here and email it off to yourself, or this can be your weekly communication with um, a teacher or a parent about a particular student. Um, if you want to copy and paste this, it works for Word documents, so if you do psych reports, you can copy and paste the graphs into them. And it's just a very effective, very efficient, and very um, consistent way to talk about behavior data with people. Very so cool. That's that our that interval, which is sort of the cornerstone of the app. Are there any other questions about this one? I, I like that you can cut and paste it into um, the report because that was going to be my question. I was like, that would look really nice, you know, right in uh, <laughs> right in my evaluation. So right, and um, we did that because you know one of the reasons that we wanted to make the app was because we fumbled a lot with our data when we were trying to make graphs in Excel, and that was just taking a ton of time, and um, I'm just not well-versed in Excel at all. So we were thinking, we just want an app that just you touch a button and you get this nice graph that you can show to parents or to teachers, and so that's what it does for you in an instant, whereas it would have taken me hours on a Friday afternoon to try and transform my data into something that looks like that. Is there any thought or um, any about like tying interventions to it? Um, I don't know if you guys have something like that or have thought about that, like if, if it could analyze some of that data and show that, oh, we've got all these disruptive behaviors here, might be some suggested interventions or anything along that line? Well, that's a whole other level. It's the, you know, it's the tool for gathering the information in order to make those determinations, but it's not linked to any intervention program. But, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, we know about behavior that, you know, having this organized data can help us, you know, reach those conclusions from our training. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Actually, we did think about it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm imagining maybe the ABC, um, the ABC observation, which I haven't tried, but that may be um, one that I would really be able to link closely because if you, if you, are looking for the function of behavior, you know, and, and then you can determine it in a couple of observations that way, then you have a better idea where to go next steps. So are you imagining that for, you know, these types of functions, you know, recommending um, these types of interventions? Uh-huh. We definitely thought about that when we were first, do you remember we talked with, we talked with our behavior specialist in, in the district that we both worked in, and we thought about adding something like that, but she sort of cautioned us toward having anything that was too... Um, Boilerplate. Exactly. That was just a drop-down menu of sort of generic um, interventions where she's saying it's what you want is a tool that gives you really good data and then you need to use your professional judgment for each individual student to decide how to intervene. So we kind of... That helped us focus our our minds on just getting a great app for, for getting really good, consistent data. And we do, um, we can show what you get for an ABC graph, or even how to um, take data on the ABC observation type, but I agree that once you see the graph of what's happening with a student, it's pretty, um, it's pretty easy for even, you know, teachers and people who are not psych trained to figure out how to step in and, and change some things about the student's environment. Yeah, and, and that's another thing that I thought is um, helpful about it as an, as an early career person. I think it helps 
you know, when you're doing those observations and you're trying to remember, you know, the um, all of the things that you need to remember about about the type of observation and the type of recording that you're doing, it helps you just be focused. It, you know, it helps me because when I have the paper and pencil um, versions of it, which I also like, that's what I use them for to just remind me exactly what I'm looking for and when to, you know, check or not check. And so it just kind of walks you through what you're supposed to be doing. And it's yeah. And I think one of the nice things about that structure is that then we're all speaking the same language about behavior and also it you know builds that consistency but it's really helpful in my district when other school psychologists and the BCBAs we work with are all using the same format to take data it really it puts it into a structure that we all understand and so that it makes the communication a lot smoother yeah like Would you be interested in seeing how the ABC runs um, or do you have other questions because I know we only have a few minutes left well, the one other question that I had on Facebook was um, that somebody that has your app and, and, and finds that if you print the report straight from the app, it's a lot of pages. So she, she said that she wished, you know, it would use less paper. But and I, So my question to you was whether you could cut and paste, because I didn't know that, but I think you said before that you can, right? You, yeah, and that's what I would do. If, if I would email it to myself and then um, copy and paste. The, the pertinent pieces onto a different Word document so that it didn't, because I could imagine, you know, getting nine pages and, and having pages that you don't need. Right. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yeah. I, um, I do know that a question that came in earlier that um, we didn't, that you haven't read yet, but came in to you guys yes. earlier in the day, asked if you can um, put multiple graphs or multiple weeks of data onto the same graph, and you can do that. So. Um, would you mind if I just real quickly showed how no, that's done? Okay. Yeah. okay, so let me go back down to this screen here. Okay, so to do that, basically, you would go to, you would take your data. Do you feel like I, have, I probably don't have time to show how to take ABC data, would you say? Okay, so I'll come down here. Um, this is what a, an ABC How's this? Okay, so basically to take ABC data, you are um, filling in this matrix with drop-down menus of behaviors, antecedents, and then consequences, which we broke into perceived functions, what it seemed like the student was trying to get or avoid by doing the behavior, versus actual consequence, what actually came out of the so behavior. So what the maintaining consequence was. Exactly, and so um, we graph all of those. and what you would do to get multiple weeks on the same graph is you would hit this view data button here and then you can hit combine with others and then you choose for this student and then you'll get a list of all of the different ABC observations you've conducted on this student so you can just hit select all and then you'll get four different weeks of data on the same graph so for each of the different... And it's not limited to four weeks, but that's what she... Exactly. Had. That's just what I had for this child who is my own child. Um, so the you know for each of the different behaviors that you coded, it will give a bar graph showing the most frequently coded antecedents, perceived functions, and consequences. So you can really start to see patterns form of what's happening immediately before the behavior and immediately after the behavior. 
And you can tease apart the different behaviors. If something's triggering one behavior, but something else is maintaining another behavior, you can really start to see that form. And it even has a graph that shows all behaviors. So if you just want to say, in general, when this student is off task or misbehaving, he's uh, most often alone, um, and it seems like there's a self-stimulation need that, there's, that they're trying to have met, and most often the behavior is ignored. But you know, this can really show you, OK, the student, when he's alone, maybe needs something to structure up his time, and he may need something to help him with that sensory need that he's trying to get met. So that is how we would use this observation type. That's Thank awesome. you, Bryce. This is awesome. Um, I have so many different kids that I work on FBAs and VIPs for, and we recreate the wheel every time to yeah. put a place to track data for every kid and their specific behavior. And I think this has some utility with being able to track every kid with one app and being able to put together in a pretty little graph without having to get your sheets together and then put it on Excel and all that stuff. Um, we're running out of time. Any final comments? No, thank you so much for having us. I have a quick question. Um, yeah. How much does the app cost? I think that people probably are curious about that. <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> good question. Um, so to get the app on your iPad, it costs uh, $9.99 in the App Store, and that gives you a trial version of 12 observations. So you can run through all the different observation types, see if it's something that you feel like you would use um, in your practice. And then if you choose to do uh, more than the 12 observations that you're afforded with the initial download price, then there would be a subscription price of either $3.99 per month, or you can choose quarterly at $9.99, or yearly at $29.99. I think it's real inspiring to see you know, school psychs taking things and, and, and stepping out of the box a little bit. and. and because I use it every day in my work, so and it just kind of streamlines things for me. That's so great. Oh, Thank, you. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great to meet you guys. Great to meet you, too. All right. Um, so, very cool. Um, next up, uh, We've got Josh. Anna, are you frozen? You look frozen to me. Um, I'm, I'm not frozen. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was worried for a second. I was like, oh no. <laughs> okay. Um, so next we have Josh, Josh Rosenthal, who's also involved in an exciting technology based project to ideally make our lives easier. <laughs> All right, Josh. Can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Welcome. Awesome. Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm a licensed clinical psychologist in New York and New Jersey, and I have a uh, small psychology practice, a group practice in Manhattan with uh, a couple offices um, where I uh, see patients, mostly children, adolescents, and I have some people working for me also seeing kids. Um, and I run a social skills summer camp in Manhattan, like a summer treatment camp. And then I also have my EDRC school uh, behavior tracking tool. Awesome. Um, so tell us about it. <laughs> sure. So I created it about three years ago, and I was using it mostly for myself because I work 
in private practice sort of as a school consultant. So families would hire me to go in and help the school uh, professionals do a behavior plan, a daily report card. And, and it, it was going great, except that there was tons of paper everywhere and it was becoming un, just impossible to manage because I would create the chart, e email it to the school staff, and then they would print it out and then give it to the kid and then the kid would have to keep it with him and then bring it home and then give it to his parent and then have to bring it back to the school. And it was just like this never, and then I had to get it somehow and it was just impossible and it was getting lost. And then I had to take it and enter into Excel in order to figure out what was really going on. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way, you know? So I started looking into, um, you know, making it and I ended up making it for myself just for my practice. And I have someone in my practice who's a behavior therapist, and she's just dedicated to doing this with all the families in the city that we work with. Um, and then I realized, well, wait, if it's so good for me and my practice, maybe there's some other people that might want to use it. And so this year, I opened it up outside of the practice to let um, other, you know, people and schools and agencies and private practitioners to use it. Um, and it's completely free. Um, right now, and it's it's not an app, so I give the Behavior Snap people a lot of props for uh, developing an app because um, I'm actually developing a different app for my camp for internal use, and I know how hard and complicated it is, so a lot of props for the Behavior Snap people. Um, but right now, we are uh, just a website, and it's going fine. I think um, we might, you know, develop an app at some point uh, when we need to, but for now, um, so it's free to everyone, and um, it's really designed for Tier 2 and Tier 3 um, behavior tracking. So kids that, um, you know, maybe you're doing the check-in, check-out with, or maybe someone who's on a very specific behavior plan. Um, and, you know, really the, the, the function of it is, is like the behavior snap people were mentioning, is to put everyone on the same plan, so all the teachers and all the school professionals and all the, the parents are all looking at it in the same way. Um, that's, I think, one big goal, and then make it easy for the school psychologist or the school counselor, the person who's managing it, to be able to manage, you know, 5, 10, 20 kids in one location, um, and they can really much do everything from, you know, inside the website. Um, and I think the other, the other big piece is involving the parents. So not all parents are involved in these plans, but if you can get the parents on board, um, it does a wonderful job of involving the parents by giving them something to do before and after school, by sending them daily re uh, email reminders to review the chart, um, and it gives them their own separate login so that they can, you know, really see what's going on. And they love some parents love that, and other parents, you know, it's just not that important to them. So it really depends on the on the child and the school team. I'm sure. The the other thing that I like about it having just begun to work with it a little bit is that it seems to give teachers a, a better understanding as, as the people that are in charge of the reminders and um, really modifying the behavior. It gave my teachers a really good understanding of how important that is and um, how to it gave them a what kind of an anchor to remember. I'm gonna oh two reminders and then he gets a mark or you know um, it just it was really helpful to them. And once they are willing to kind of take on the the project of looking at it and trying to understand it, it's really very easy. So I like I like it a lot, and I'm hoping to convince other teacher more teachers to. <laughs> and I'm really 
curious about it. Um, I haven't tried it yet. I've checked out your website and whatnot, but I know that I, I do do a lot of uh, daily behavior report cards and whatnot and check in, check out, and the paper for sure is a pain, especially when you have a kid that's losing it or purposely misplacing it. Um, so I did switch over to using a lot of times, especially for you know my high schools when they've got seven different periods and seven different, seven different teachers that have to be monitoring them um, to use like a Google Doc type of thing. So, but even that, um, I think yours uh, has a lot more features and, and flashy things <laughs> with it. Um, but yeah, yeah can it's, you it's, it, it, it's it, and also the other thing that I like for the older kids, like you mentioned, is the privacy. Because I've heard a lot of stories about people misplacing the papers and other kids finding them and then them being embarrassed. And some families, you know, some parents are very private about these things and they don't want anyone to know um, that. That's a cat. They don't want anyone to know <laughs> that, <That's twice> <laughs> that that their, their child is on a behavior plan. So I like the privacy. Um, I like the consistency. Um, and there's there are a lot of bells and whistles. Like yes, you can try to do this with Google Docs, and it you might be able to pull it off. Um, but there's a lot of features in the system that maybe I could try to show everyone. Is this a good time to try to do that? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to try the screen share, and it was loading very slowly for the website to show through the Google Hangout, so I'm going to give it a try, and then um, if it doesn't work, I'm just going to give up on it. So let's see what happens here. Can you guys see this okay? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So what, what we're looking at is an example of a trending when you click on trends. So when you log in... Um, you're going to see this is the main scoring page here, and you've got the behavior goals on the left, and then this is the drop-down of where you would, the teacher or the provider would enter in the classes. Um, you just enter in the class. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Um, so if you wanted to enter in a new class, let's say homeroom, you put in the time. It's kind of slow here because of the... And so same question of, as far as security and confidentiality, um, everything's uh, password and protected and secure and everything like that? Yeah, Is there any yeah, other same, yeah same, same security answers. I think the only thing we would add is as a website, we have, a, we have an HTTP, HTTPS, an SSL certificate here. So that just means that the website you're looking at isn't actually the, is actually the one that you think you're looking at. So um, that's just the, the next layer. And also, you know, we're hosted in, a, in like Rackspace, which is like the top hosting company, I think, for, you know, big companies. So, um, so, and so you would enter all these, these uh, classes in here, and then you just click yes, no, and it adds up um, column-wise for that class, and each individual goal gives you a score on the right. Um, you can edit the goals and it has this auto feature so it will it gives you an examples of goals already in there and you can just add them to the chart to save you time um, you can um, assign when you invite teachers so after you create after you create the chart you invite teachers and then they log in and they can see it and invite parents and they can log in and see it and teachers can score um, you can also print blank and scored versions of the chart so if a Teachers doesn't have time to score on the fly at the computer. They can print out a version and then 
enter it in, you know, print, you know, score it on the uh, piece of paper and then enter the scores in later. Um, and then this is where you'd enter the details. So you can change the rewards. So different reward parameters based on, you know, if whether the child's starting out at the beginning or if you're making them harder since they've been doing it for a little bit longer. And I'll show you what that looks like. And then there's a cool um, integrated email feature. So if you want to email with the team, which is a big part, I think, of doing a behavior plan, you can quickly email everyone on the team here just saying, oh, looks like you had a great day today, or to ask a question to everyone so you don't have to go back to your email account. Um, and you can also add comments so everyone can add comments in, and then they are added to the bottom of the chart. Um, That's cool. I have a question, Josh. Sure. When um, when I am um, talk, speaking to the student and, and creating goals together, how, when I was trying to um, explain to an older student about, um, about the rewards, you know, for me, like, you, just, I, I'm so happy that the program does the math because it's really <laughs> hard for me to figure out. So I was kind of trying to draw the, you know, if you get this much of the pizza, you'll you'll earn, you know, three blue sticks. But if you get this much of the pizza, you'll get five blue sticks. Do you have a, a way that you describe, explain um, the incentives and the percentages to kids? Sure. So um, we're talking about a high school student? Yes. So at the bottom of the chart, it kind of shows you that the percentage, the, five, the total percentage here is based on the number of yeses out of total possible yeses. So okay. on the chart that we're looking at, he had six, two classes, three goals, so there's six opportunities, and out of that six opportunities, he had five yeses. So it's five divided by six, and you can see at the bottom, comes up with 83%. All right. Yeah. I have a question. Um, so you have, you know, this yes-no option. Um, is there a way to set it up so it's a rating? So the, the teacher rates the child on how well they did on that skill from, you know, scale from 1 to 10 or something like that? Or is it always just yes, no? So we're adding in. So one of the cool things about being um, a very small company is that you can make changes on the fly and, you know, listen to your customers, essentially. And that's a big thing of what I do. And I think Behavior Snap mentioned that as well, that you're constantly making it better. If you don't improve it on the fly, uh, you're just it's going to essentially die because people you don't know what people need until they have it and they can play with it so um, we start out with this yes no scoring system the sort of binary but a lot of people have been saying they want um, sort of the traditional check in check out zero to two so we're going to be adding that as a feature so you can choose if you want to have binary or Likert scaling zero to two cool. I'm um, kind of wondering about teacher buy-in and having the time to do this. So I, I work with a lot of kids who have behavior plans and we need to track data and it's hard to do and hard to get staff, teachers, aides, whoever's responsible to do it on a daily basis. Do you have any suggestions of how to make it happen and how long it takes? Sure. So um, that's probably one of the hardest parts about doing a behavior plan is that you can come up with the greatest goals and have the parents on board but if the teacher doesn't buy in it's not going to happen. And when I approach teachers, what I usually say to them is I try to find things that they agree on, meaning um, we agree that these behaviors are not acceptable in the classroom. We agree that these behaviors are not responding to the class-wide intervention. So we agree that something has to be done. Okay, great. So now we're, we're on the same page with that. The next step is um, we agree that 
um, you want to do something about it. We agree that you want to change your behavior in order to influence the student's behavior, so we're agreeing to do that. Um, why, not, why not track what you're doing? So if you're going to, most teachers are going to do something, it's just a matter of tracking it. They don't want to go the extra step to track the behavior. And, I, and my response is, let's do it as an experiment, right? So let's try it for a couple of weeks. And if we track the behavior and we can give that feedback back to the student and back to the parents and see a response, then we know that tracking it is worthwhile. Um, and a lot of times if they know that they're not going to have to commit to it for the rest of the school year, but they can see it as an experiment, um, then they're more likely to buy into it and give it a chance. Now, mm -hmm. some teachers won't buy in no matter what you say, and that's just the reality of some settings, and you just have to do the best you can. Um, but most teachers are willing to give it a try if you can back it up with, um, you know, like evidence-based reasons as to why this is the thing to do um, and, and point out other examples where it has worked a lot. So I think that, you know, once you set up the plan, um, watering the plan and making sure that the teachers are being supported and that they know that you're watching it and paying attention is huge because teachers don't want you to dump this on them and then have them and be in charge of it. They want to know that someone else is really in charge and they're just one, one, one piece of it. Um, so that's what I always impress upon teachers is that I'm doing something, you're doing something, and the parents are doing something. Um, and, and the student is doing something too. And that kind of buy-in sort of shifts the responsibility so it's not just, um, you know, just the teachers. For sure. Um, have you found with the teachers that maybe are less tech savvy, are they still at navigate with a little bit of training and whatnot to navigate the program all right? And yeah, that's a good question. It, it really depends. So um, we have four training videos on the website that they can just watch whenever they want, and it goes through every step of how to be a provider. And there's also training videos for the teacher and for the parents too. So um, if you don't watch the training videos and you're not tech savvy, it can be a little hard to understand what to do. But if you watch the, tra the training videos, it, it walks you through every step. So I highly encourage people to, to watch those. Awesome. Those were helpful. I watched them myself. <laughs> Let me just see if there's anything else here I want to show you. So, um, so in the trending, let's see here. So in the trending, you can look at any individual date. So if you click on any one of these dates, it's going to show you the score for that day, how many scores they got, how many classes were scored. You want to have at least three classes scored per day for it to make, a, make it significant. And then you see these green and yellow lines. These are the reward parameters. So you can just automatically look at it and say, this student has, you know, most of their scores are above the, the, this, this reward line. Um, and then so you know how they're doing. And then down here you have a running total of their average score for the last 30 days. So this is very helpful in, in determining which behaviors you want to change too. Um, this is the goals awards and then you can look at the trending by subject so like a particular class if you want to see how he's doing in a particular class or by certain goals and you can uh, deselect these here and it will just show you one particular goal so just keeping body to self he has a 90% over the last 30 days and this is how he's doing and then I can look just at respecting others I can see how he's doing there or if I just want to look at sitting in the seat so you can really kind of break it down and figure out where you need to focus more attention. Awesome. Well, 
Is there a way to cut and paste that into um, evaluation reports and whatnot? I mean, I generally I use like the snipping tool and would probably do it that way. But is there a yeah? A you can do a the... you can do a um, a print screen save and wow. then just copy it right into a Word doc. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, the other cool feature that we're working on um, is we talked about the Likert scaling. We're working on block scheduling. So um, if you're a provider and you want to set this up for um, you know 20 kids on the same schedule, you can just easily import the schedule into their um, into that particular student, and then the teacher doesn't have to do anything. They just log in, and the whole schedule is there for them. So that's kind of an organic progression is that it's gone from this tool for, from an outside consultant like myself to figuring out more about what school psychologists and school counselors need. And that's something that I only learned by, um, by really listening to people and trying to talk to as many people as I could who were using, using it right now. And we have um, over 2,000 people using it, and the feedback has been awesome. And every, everyone is very sort of eager to be heard about what they need and I'm you know really interested in trying to make it better for everyone. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. That was great. And um, also shout out to Lindsay and Sasha for joining us today. Um, we're running low on time. Gotta catch the Walking Dead Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there a couple final comments I think from Facebook or questions that came in? Nope, I think we got them all. Um, okay. I hope if there are comments later, if people are going to watch later on YouTube, um, feel free to still post your questions or comments, and I will get them to Josh, Lindsay, and or Sasha. Because I also have to say, they all been they have all been very sweet and helpful and available as I've been experimenting um, with their program. So I'm I'm sure that they will continue to do that. As always, the conversation continues off-air as we work together to do a good job and, and help kids and help each other. Um, so time to wrap up our podcast. Yes. We'll be back um, in two weeks, Sunday, March 19th, Eastern, 7 Central. See you yeah. guys in two weeks. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.